Welcome to the Social Minute, podcast that looks at the social network minute by minute. And today we're going to be covering Minute 100, which uh, goes from 1 hour 39 to 1 hour 39.59. And it starts with Ed Huado still in that meeting. Um, you know, he tells us that he can live with that, uh, which is Sean Parker getting 6.47% of uh, Facebook, which I think these days is worth 3 or 4 billion. So, okay, if you can afford to just give away 3 billion, then, you know. Uh, and it says Peter Thiel is getting 7%, which is really weird because when he originally invested, he invested for te- 10 point, I think it was 10.2%. So, I, I don't know, that's not correct. <laughs> I don't know why they've done that. Um, and then, of course, the lawyer offers to use the, you know, do you want to use my pen? Uh, which I think is a nice little distraction tactic so he doesn't read through the documents. <laughs> it's like, yeah, have my pen. Start signing these now. Um and we're now back in the first deposition room and, um, you know, Gretchen kind of asks Eduardo because obviously he's been reminiscing about the time that he talked about the percentages of different, um, you know, Facebook owners uh, way back in the day. Uh, and they repeat the question. And of course, Sai is not happy about that. Um, and then we get some, uh, you know, kind of <laughs> we get the court reporter reading back the question and. Um, and, you know, we, we have the, uh, you know, the minute finishes with, um, you know, with Gretchen saying, um, did Mr. Zuckerberg say anything to you after you signed the papers? And that is where the minute ends. And joining me to talk about this, the hundredth minute of this podcast uh, is Aaron Coca. Hello, Aaron. Hey, what's up? I'm ready for minute 100. Yes, uh, we we kind of like we get at the end of that, that that minute, and I like how when we come back to the first deposition room, um, you know, it's now evening. We've been being deposed for so long, you know, the the, the, the sun has gone so down. It's, it's dusk down. outside, <laughs> and Eduardo is lost in thought. Uh, and it's weird because this seems to portray it that when Eduardo is asked the questions, he kind of goes into this weird like eye zombie style trance, and imagines the past and, <laughs> and imagines it word for word, uh, including the statement, there are four documents, two common stock purchase agreements allowing you to buy stock in the newly reincorporated Facebook as a, opposed to the old shares which are worthless and the third is an exchange agreement allowing you to exchange old shares for new shares and then finally a voter holding agreement. That's the kind. That's the kind of recall staring out a window can give you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he recalls all this stuff from the past. Um, this is probably the first time in the film where that has like all of these flashbacks in the past have been set up as if they are being read into the record. So when we hear about, you know, the opening like nine minutes and we hear about um, Erica Albright's side of what happened when it comes into the deposition, Mark is like, she didn't say all of that. And obviously what what we what we mean is what we've just heard, which was, you know, the past. Right. But it was actually being entered into the record. Yeah. So. You know, that that's how the depositions have always set things up up until this point, which is in the present, we'll see the deposition and then we'll go to the flashback. And the flashback is what people are saying happened to the deposition. So, you know, when we have uh, Divya and the Winklevoss twins, RIP, because they're no longer in this film. When we go back to them kind of in their dorm and stuff like that, it's like that's meant to be them telling the, you know, the, the court reporter that's what happened. And when we come into the, the present, as it were, uh, of the depositions, they then get to ask another question, which takes us back to the flashback. And that sets up, you know, stuff that's in the flashback. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the only time that doesn't happen is when we get introduced to Sean Parker. Sean Parker's first scene with uh, Amelia Ritter is not in any depositions. It's just a scene that's in the middle of the film to introduce Sean Parker, <laughs> right. basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
And in this case, we're now in the weird position where Eduardo, wistfully looking out the window at the sun going down, is meant to suggest that he's remembering all of this, not reading it into the record. Yeah. Um, which is kind of weird, it, but it's a nice little touch because it's you know we get some kind of um, kind of court reporty things where it's like you know it was an outrageously leading question the first time and now you wants to hear it again and then Gretchen's like read it back and size like go ahead so they're fighting over you know this question that's been asked we don't know what the question is and we get to hear it from the court reporter when they say and when you sign these documents were you aware that you were signing your own death certificate yeah. <laughs> which is. That is an outrageously leading question. So, yeah. so uh, I kind of, I kind of like that we had a little bit of a fight of it before it's been kind of, you know, done. And then of course uh, we get a pause, and Eduardo's like, "No," and he says, "It was insanely stupid of me not to have my own lawyers lock over," you know. And he goes, "In all honesty, I thought they were my lawyers." And then he says something to Mark, which I think like a lot of people remember from this film, mm-hmm. but is actually probably a huge lie. Uh, you know, he looks directly at Mark and his voice kind of cracks a little bit as he says, I was your only friend. He's like, you had one friend. And then, of course, he looks away a little bit and goes, my father won't even look at me. And then, of course, Ed, you know, Gretchen comes in and says, you know, OK, Eduardo, did did Mr. Zuckerberg say anything to you after you signed the papers? Obviously, that's where our minute ends. Um, but like that, that line, you know, I was your only friend. You know, you had one friend. It's a lie. Um Mark Zuckerberg clearly, even just in the dorm room they stayed in, had at least three other friends. Yeah, sorry, Dustin. <laughs> like, sorry, Dustin. Sorry, Chris. Um, you know, like, <laughs> uh, even Billy Olsen. He's the one who suggests farm animals while he's blogging in the opening, like, ten minutes. Uh, uh, <laughs> he's named on his blog. He's named on Zuckerman. It says Mr. Olson, and then it says I'm not going to go with that idea, Billy. Like he's literally named on there. Eduardo isn't. So, <laughs> right. Eduardo's declaration that I was your only friend. I must say, you know, uh, you know, obviously Andrew Garfield. He really sells the line. Um, you know, he's. I mean, he's great in this minute. You know, obviously, <clears throat> you know. Um, Jesse Eisenberg's given nothing to do in this minute. So, <laughs> so uh, aside from aside from look really. a bit kind of you know miffed. Yeah. Stare blankly. Um, yes, so yeah, <laughs> but like this is all about Andrew Garfield's kind of selling of of this this kind of statement. You know, the whole kind of you know it was insanely stupid not to get my own lawyers to look over all the uh, the uh, like his kind of hesitation and you know when he goes I thought they were my lawyers and and then just that delivery of I was your only friend and like when he when he delivers it I'm not delivering it the same way but he his voice kind of breaks on the only friend part and then he's like you had one friend and it's like. You know, as a viewer, you kind of get swept away and you're like, oh, my God, he betrayed his only friend. Um, but as a yeah. person going through this minute by minute, you're like, nope, he had tons of other friends. <laughs> like, yeah. And as with any hyperbole, you know, it, it, the veracity is questionable. But I think emotionally it works because that's where he's at emotionally. That's how betrayed he feels. And especially as somebody who is you know, one of the uh, rarefied uh, sort of characters in this film who is in a similar position to Mark, knows how much money that they're playing with and knows the stakes here. He's really the one person at that level who had no designs on on Mark's empire to take more, to have more 
sort of influence or money. Like he was just sure he was checked out. Sure. He didn't really, he got left behind as Mark warned that he would, but he was the one person who, whose intentions were pure and Mark did this. And so I think the movie is sort of saying he was his only friend. Yeah. And I think even in it, like, you know, there were a few interviews that came out, you know, around this time with um, various people that were involved and, you know, some of the people who worked yeah. in Facebook in the early days, they, you know, uh, you know, it, before they got to the kind of the million member thing and all the, you know, the kind of the start of the lawsuits, um, they actually said they barely saw Eduardo Saverin. He rarely interacted with Mark Zuckerberg. They weren't really that close. Um, you know, they were barely mm. friends when, you know, at, at, at most of the kind of like social events that they held in their um, in their in their, their frat, because even though it's a dorm room, you know, that you see, uh, they were part of A.E. Pi, which was a frat. And they said most of the frat parties, yeah. you know, Eduardo and Mark weren't together. They didn't talk to each other. They weren't really that close. Um, you know, the, the film kind of basically tells this story from the point of view of Eduardo, who felt he was, you know, Mark Zuckerberg's best friend. But Mark Zuckerberg apparently had like at least 10 other people who we would have considered his best friend before Eduardo. And so that line is kind <laughs> yeah. of it's not only not accurate for what's been depicted in this film, but it's not accurate in real life, apparently, in any way at all. You know, like, um, by the time kind of Facebook started, yeah, Eduardo had contributed some money. But by the time we got to this point, um, you know, even before the angel investors came in, apparently there were other smaller investors who would put more money in. And Eduardo's contribution was kind of not really, you know, that needed. You know, once he froze the account, Mark mm. had apparently already lined up some other people who put, like, a, a couple of thousand pounds in or, you know, 20,000 pounds in. They put... I keep saying pounds, $20,000 in, um, like smaller <laughs> contributions that were actually more than Eduardo had ever invested um, because Eduardo's maximum investment was actually only $10,000. Um, and so like when he froze the account, basically other people had already put money in. And even though it did kind of get Mark's attention, it didn't really affect the business because Mark had already started looking for other, other investors. And, you know, some yeah. of that was helped by Sean Parker. Um, you know, like the kind of the first the first people to invest, you know, wasn't actually Peter Thiel. It was like a few other kind of angel investors and VCs that Sean Parker knew. So even from the point of view of like, you know, him getting Mark's attention, that wasn't true either. And, you know, they weren't really this that, that close. Like he was named as a CFO for, you know, the, the first few months that Facebook existed. But after that, his ideas of like, you know, let's put on banner ads and all that kind of stuff. Mark was like against vehemently and didn't even really consider. And then Eduardo kind of did stay on the west, on the East Coast while everyone else went out to the West Coast. But he really wasn't part of the day to day business. And, you know, by the time he signed all these papers, it was kind of just a formality because he'd already, you know, he had a stake and they had to basically kind of dilute it down. And so he had to sign the paperwork. So he did sign the paperwork. Um, but, you know, this kind of claim of to being his only friend, it feels emotionally correct in the film. Because obviously the journey we've gone on for the last like hundred minutes, um, you know, the fact that Wado was the one who had the formula, which was, you know, probably one of the more basic kind of mathematical formulas that you need. And that someone who who's a well, kind yeah. of computer science major probably should have known already. Um, but like the fact that Ed Wado is the one that gives them the formula, they write it on the window, all that kind of stuff for face mash. Um, but then from then on, every at every stage, he's seen as the voice of reason. You know, he says, should they really do face mash? You know, they need to apologize to these people. Should they be doing this? Should, you know, like all the way along then, he's seen as a naysayer until we kind of get to this moment where he says, I was your only friend. Um, and it's, you know, it's true. They've spent a lot of screen time together, but he's spent a lot of screen time with other people as well. <laughs> so, uh, you That's know. That's true. Uh, 
Of course, you know, the accidental billionaires that he was the Eduardo was the sort of major primary source for that. What do you think the if you could put it into percentage terms, the percentage of, of truth in accidental billionaires is uh, compared to what might have actually happened? Uh, I'm not sure because um, I have I haven't read yeah. accidental billionaires, um, although I mm. have read Ben Mesrick's other books, uh, which I really enjoyed. Um, but mm-hmm. at no point have I ever because like I've seen this film, so I don't feel like I need to go back and read the book about it. Um, yeah. But yeah. like in ter- like in terms of like what happened, a lot of people who were kind of there in the early days have said that this film, like, you know, the stuff that happened with the lawsuits was correct. These people were sued at this time and they did get these settlements and they, you know, this, you know, Eduardo is, has been restored to the masthead. If you find the masthead on Facebook, which believe me is a bit of a search. I wouldn't um, even know how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, you can find Eduardo Saverin's name on there. He's there as a co-founder of, of Facebook. Um, but he's a co-founder of Facebook in that he paid for some servers at the very start. And then that was the end of his involvement, really. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, a lot of people have felt that this kind of story is kind of overblown a little bit in terms of, of how much Eduardo contributed. But then, like you say, Eduardo was the one who chose to be interviewed by Ben Mesrick. So out of everybody, you know, who do you think the film is going to focus on? Who's going to get represented, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and so and also it's worth saying as well that every, like every single every single thing that's in this film is told from a, a, a particular point of view. So we're seeing now this deposition is Eduardo's point of view. The flashbacks are Eduardo's point of view. Um, you know, the argument that was again, that was Eduardo's point of view. Um, so the conversation that Mark is having where he's getting angry and all that kind of stuff, that's still Eduardo's point of view that's painting that. Um, sure. And so, you know, that and it's the same with the Winklevoss twins. When we flash back to their stuff, it's their point of view that's being put across. Um, it's rarely Mark's point of view until we get to the pro- pretty much the last kind of 10 minutes of the film when you're in the present. And then he's having his conversation with Rashida Jones. And that's when we're actually getting Mark's point of view finally. Um, yeah. You know, so this this is still kind of Eduardo's recollection of what the lawsuit was and what the deposition was. Um, and of course, so he chooses to underline it with "I was your only friend," <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> even if I was, even if I was like his his lawyers, I would say that ain't true. <laughs> like if Objection. I if, if I was Sai, I'd be like, hold on a second, we just we just had Dustin Hughes and you know Chris Hughes and Dustin Moskovitz in here earlier. Like we had Billy Olsen in here earlier. All of them said they were friends with Mark Zuckerberg. There's no way you were his only friend. I'm his friend. He's my client, but he's my friend too. I I I just I just find it kind of funny that like that's the way he kind of chooses to to do it. And of course, we get in the setup for the next minute, which is you know, did Mark Zuckerberg say anything to you after you signed the papers? Um, right. And then of you know, next week we'll kind of get into the kind of the scene which. Again, it, it, it's kind of Eduardo painting himself as the friend of Mark Zuckerberg in the flashback, um, you know, and it kind of, you know, I don't know, it's, it's, one of, it's one of those weird things where it's like the, the delivery of I'm your only friend is I was your only friend is such a good line. Um, and you've been on this journey with these two characters that it feels like it's real and correct. And then, you know, if you think about it for more than two minutes, you're like. <laughs> Hold on a second. He was literally just in, like opening champagne with like ten other people. <laughs> like, right. you know, I don't know if you would class Sean Parker as his friend, but he's yeah. you know, there's some other people in that room who were probably quite friendly with Mark Zuckerberg. Not least of which is Dustin Moskovitz. Um, you know, noted billionaire D- Dustin Moskovitz. Right. He, like he was, he was at least a little bit friendly with Mark Zuckerberg. Um, you know, enough to program the wall for him. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, is there anything else that needs to be covered in this particular minute, do you feel? No, I don't think so. I just, and this doesn't pertain necessarily to the minutes we've talked about, but I always think it's funny, uh, this movie coming out in 2010, being based on events in, you know, 2008, 2009, hearing the numbers and how the numbers about Facebook, their subscriber base, the amount of money they're making, seems so quaint now, 10 years on. Like it's, oh boy, we got... 22,000 hits in a couple hours or something like that, or we're worth 25 billion knowing that that those numbers would just increase and expand. And it's always, it's always dangerous to try. This is about a specific point of time, but it's always dangerous to try to tell the story before the story's over. Um, you remarked in, in an earlier version of, uh, or an earlier minute of the show about how they used Kanye West's uh, power song for the international trailer and how they didn't necessarily even mean to imply that one man has too much power, uh, as it says in the song, at that time. But looking back now, it's like, well, we didn't we didn't know what we were in for at this point. It just seemed like a lot of, uh, a, you know, a storm in a tea kettle or, I mean, a $25 billion tea kettle. I, I, I It's funny because, like, the choice of, like, creep and power for the trailers... Yeah like a decade later feels more prophetic than it was at the time. Like mm-hmm. at the time it was just cause that particular trailer house liked that cover of creep. Oh, and, really? Okay. <laughs> Did they use you it know, in other stuff? Uh, no, no, like, like they've used the like they've done the, the trailer house that did that particular trailer. They've done some other trailers where they've used like slow down kind of covers of stuff. Okay. okay. Um, so like it's it was just kind of like a thing that the industry was kind of doing at the time. Um, yeah. But like creep was just like you know uh, uh you know a, a thing that kind of you know it, like even then like it was a song that was like you know like uh i don't know 18 years old at that point creep came out in oh, like what, yeah. 90, 92 94 so like it was it was quite an old song that had kind of had this new cover and even that cover was was like four or five years old so hmm. like that use was kind of interesting because like you know the whole "I'm a creep" thing being applied to Mark Zuckerberg, and then you know, no, no one man should have all that power. It's like it's like it's almost as if the kind of the two trailer houses that made those films were trying to tell us something about Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> right. But at yeah. the time, it wasn't really as like it didn't really apply in the same way that it does now. So it's 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 kind of it's kind of funny that there was <laughs> there was like this kind of weird implication later on. That is like um, okay, like uh, <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> I, I mean, I guess, like, but yeah, it's it's kind it's kind of funny, you know, um, like the events, the events that of the the actual kind of creation are taking place from like two thousand and four in you know the start of two thousand four into late two thousand four. Um, this the kind of the lawsuits are taking place in two thousand six. Um, you know, only a few years later, and then obviously the film's coming out in two thousand ten. So that's such cl- like all of that's very very kind of close history. Um, and to kind of like put that into perspective, it would be like somebody now making a film about the 2016 presidential election as if it was like ancient history yeah. um, and, and and kind of starting in 2015 and finishing in like, you know, kind of mid 2016 as well. Not even like going all the way up until the end of it. Um, yeah, it makes me think of Oliver Stone's uh, w, w, which was yeah. yeah written and shot like near the end of the. Uh, George W. Bush uh, presidency. At the time, it just felt like this earth-shaking time and things were going to be different forever. And then, well, I mean, he left office and not really much else happened. He's painting now. but So maybe that was the right time to make that. But yeah, you're right about that, uh, making the 2016 presidential election movie. It's not time for that just yet. Yeah, I think it's funny, actually, because with W, W was literally released over here on Election Day 2008. Oh, really? Okay. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. That was like literally. It was literally like it was because um, uh, I've got a friend who I saw that with, and his birthday either falls on or is like a couple of days before uh, the U.S. elections every like four years. Mm. Um, and so you know, it, it like it was almost his birthday, and this film came out, and it's like you know, trying to kind of do a retrospective on George W. Bush's kind of presidency five months before it actually finished <laughs> and it's yeah it's yeah. kind of it's kind of weird to do that and i guess you know um i mean mark says it best in the film where he says you know it's it's like fashion it's never finished so there's no way you could definitively make a film about facebook uh so they kind of picked the easiest thing that they could do which is make a story about the very beginning of facebook and two very specific lawsuits that were kind of filed against facebook yeah and 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 i think that kind of works um, of course, you know, the poster, you know, y- you don't get to 500 million friends without making a few enemies. Yeah. Um, by the time the film came out, that poster was incorrect because it was already at 750 um, million. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, and then and then I think by the time it came out in DVD, it was already at like a billion. So, yeah. like, the kind of growth of it in the early days was ridiculous. And obviously that's a concern for the last, like, kind of five or six years is there's only 7 billion people on the planet. Facebook can only get so big before you well, run out of people, yeah. you know. So I think that's why they've always kind of pushed other things other than just people kind of creating profiles. Like once you've created a profile, they want to they want very specifically to kind of drive you towards doing things on Facebook, yeah. such as creating pages and groups. Um, so you know, um, but yeah, I I I think like you know a lot of people have talked about maybe there should be a sequel to facebook you know given the stuff that happened you know with cambridge analytica and the kind of privacy stuff mm-hmm. recently and i think even then like that doesn't seem to have a definitive start or a definitive end yeah so you know even now some of that privacy stuff is going on so it's like i feel like that would be an okay film but i don't know that it would be as definitive as this film this film has a very specific start point which is the creation of facebook and it has a very definitive end point which is mark zuckerberg settles two lawsuits I think to kind of find another frame that you can kind of put a film in to do like Facebook, you know, to social network too, is very difficult at this particular point in time. Yeah. Um, And who's going to be your source too? I don't know. I think at this point, there's so much stuff that's kind of, you know, with Cambridge Analytica that came out through various kind of sources. In fact, that was leaked to the Guardian. So, you know, you've got, if you can find out who leaked it, you've got your source there, but, um, you know, even then I think it'd be very hard to kind of, you know, kind of do that. So, um, you know, but I, I don't know if if somebody kind of interesting came on board, maybe not David Fincher, but if another director came on board who, you know, had an, an idea of what they wanted to do, uh, if they could persuade like Jesse Eisenberg to come back and, you know, if they could kind of persuade <laughs> some of the other kind of people to come back and, and play some of the other characters, um, then, you know, maybe maybe it'd be worth kind of doing like kind of a, a just something that was about you know uh mr zuckerberg goes to washington like something something about those kind of in, the, the kind of questioning <laughs> that he went under and stuff like that but um i, I don't know that there's a story yeah. there that's the thing you know and i certainly don't think it's a story that we haven't heard whereas when this film came out it was a story that you didn't know that's how it was that's how it was built it was like a story you yeah. didn't know yeah. about facebook and you know for something that everybody at the time was kind of getting onto it's kind of interesting that many people probably didn't under, you know didn't know what this was about 
Um, whereas now, I think if you do a story right. about Facebook, everybody's already seen it on Facebook. Like, <laughs> it's, it's a lot harder. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so, uh, well, then, you know, let's finish our week by saying, obviously, this is a Movies by Minutes uh, podcast, you know, and if you wish to find more of these, then you can go to moviesbyminutes.com. Um, there are at least four other ones that I've done on there in addition to this one. So, you know, you can find them on there. Mm. Uh, two of which are very prominently displayed towards the top of that page. So, <laughs> um, nice. you know, yeah, I know. I've got, I've got, I've got high billing because I basically got into this game pretty early. So, um, yeah. So, and uh, you know, if there's if there's a film on, you know, that isn't being covered, then by all means, just start talking to somebody about it. And hey, presto, you've got yourself a movies by minutes podcast. Um, you know, just make sure to claim all the social media early on. And uh, <laughs> with that, let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug one final time, Aaron? Yes, thank you. Uh, I'd like to plug a show on the Just Enough Trope Network called Backtrekking. It's a podcast where I and my co-host, Gooey Fame, examine the real-world inspirations of classic episodes of Star Trek. Uh, every piece of art's inspired by something, and we look at how literature, films, TV shows, and even real-life events have shaped some of the most famous episodes of Star Trek, from Dred Scott to Die Hard. You can find us on Twitter at at Backtrekking. Sorry, I'll spell it for you. B-A-C-K-T-R-E-K-K-I-N-G or wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, interestingly, the word trek is an Afrikaans word. Um, Interesting. So, yeah, that's why you get a double K when you uh, when you, you, you kind of use it to put the I-N-G on there. So I will, um, uh, I will note that on our next episode. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find us on MySpace at myspace.com slash the social minute. That is not a joke. You can find us on there. On Twitter at social underscore minute and on Facebook at social minute podcast because, of course, they had to be up with there. Uh, thanks once more for being my guest this week, Aaron. Thanks. It's been so much fun. And I should say, after all this time, we are on Facebook, of course, as well. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Just Enough Trope. And otherwise, I'll see you next week. <laughs>